Welcome back to SBC Worship Online. I hope that you've had a good week and are ready for spending this time together in worship. Today is Palm Sunday. We will begin with this in mind. And then as the service continues, we'll move on to think about the time that Jesus spent in the Garden of Gethsemane with the theme of acknowledging fear and finding faith. There are many who are indeed fearful at this time. But today is a great opportunity to rise above those fears and to deepen our faith in the crucified and risen Lord. I would especially like to say thank you to the Skit Guys for permission to include one of their dramas in our service today. Welcome to the Berg patio for this isolation reading. Mark chapter 14, 32 to 46. Gethsemane. They went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus arrested. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. To the one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. The Garden by the Skid Guys Once we got to the garden, um, it's, it just got crazy. Um, Jesus asked Peter, James, and myself to go further in the garden with him and pray, and we did. We tried. We kept falling asleep. Um, Jesus kept waking us up. I remember one time he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's true. It's all a blur. Uh, and I think this whole mess got started because of Judas. 
Did he really think what he was doing was right? There. There he is. He's the one you want. One praying by himself. Now the others, they will come up and try to create some scene. But the one that I kiss on the cheek, that's the one you want. Now 30 pieces of silver, right? That's what we agreed upon? 30 pieces. Forget about the rest. The one that I kiss on the cheek, that's the one you want. A kiss? Judas betrays Jesus with the kiss of a friend? Uh, and then it, it got crazy. Uh, Peter, <laughs> Peter grabs a sword and he, he cuts off this guy's ear. And Jesus, Jesus reached down and picked it up and put it right back on the guy's head as if nothing had happened. And then, um, and then they took him. I'd love to tell you that we fought for him, but we didn't. Everyone ran. I ran. I'm so ashamed. What have I done? What have I done? Was I so stupid to think that... I've killed him. I've killed him. I've crucified Jesus. I would like you to join me now in following Jesus and his disciples from the upstairs room where they met for the Last Supper through to the Garden of Gethsemane. We've just seen a video that has portrayed very powerfully some of the things that were going on in that awesome time. And as we think about that particular journey from the Last Supper through to Gethsemane, it wasn't a particularly long way, but it was a very challenging walk. Out of the city gates, down some steep steps to the Kidron Valley. A few of those steps are actually still there today and it's quite powerful just to be able to look at those and to recall this moment. And then across the valley and what I would imagine is up a fairly steep and winding path on the other side to the expanse of the olive groves in what we now call the Mount of Olives and the place that we call the Garden of Gethsemane. They entered this garden, it was a place that they knew well, something of a retreat from the hustle and bustle of the city, and it was night. Now as we journey with the disciples into that garden, there are a number of challenges which Jesus himself faced, which have a remarkable connection with the circumstances in which we find ourselves today. I don't know about you, but as this week has progressed, I sense that some of the deeper questions associated with the coronavirus outbreak are beginning to come to light. Initially, it was all about how we would manage the change, how we would organise children at home, how we support the elderly and the more vulnerable, how we do church in these different times, and all of those things are still very important. But now some of the why questions are beginning to emerge. 
some of our deeper emotions are beginning to show, beginning to come to the surface. And it's precisely at this point where the example of Jesus is so important to us. Let's think about Jesus and what he was going through during that time. And first of all, to recognise that for him, there was an increasing isolation. It all started with Judas at the meal. And Jesus said, one of you eating here will betray me. We need to go across to the account in John's Gospel to fill up the gaps. And there we read that Jesus dipped a piece of bread in the bowl. And he gave it to Judas, who then left the room. Now, Jesus had been with his disciples sharing the meal. Uh, they'd been talking together. Uh, they'd been uh, relatively relaxed. And then all of a sudden, this moment happened. And Jesus felt alone, as if the remaining 11 disciples were hugely perplexed that something extraordinary had just happened and Judas had just gone. And they couldn't understand it. And then that isolation for Jesus, as he began to feel a bit more of a distance from the other disciples, it deepened in the garden when the disciples were told to stay and watch and pray. And Jesus went a little bit further and fell to the ground and prayed. And then, of course, that isolation was even more acute when Jesus came back and found them sleeping. Could you not watch with me for one hour? Jesus was so much alone. Now, that increasing isolation is one of the characteristics of our present time. For some of you, this is very real indeed. We are all, all of course, socially isolated from one another in the wider community. But then some of you are entirely on your own, living in your own home. Many of us are connected through electronic media, but some people are not on the internet and don't have smartphones and are living entirely alone. Some of you may not be physically alone in the house, but there are times when you feel very much alone in your thoughts and your feelings. Maybe there are things that are on your minds and you don't feel able to share them with anyone else. Within our wider community, we're trying to identify now if there is anyone who is completely isolated without the support of family or friends or neighbours. And in the last couple of weeks, there have been a dedicated team of volunteers leafleting the neighbourhood because the only way that someone entirely on their own will know that there is help available to them is by a leaflet that comes through their door. And so we find ourselves in a place and a time of increasing isolation. But from this story, we can draw strength from the truth that Jesus really does know and understand our isolation. He has been there too. Friends not understanding him. Disciples too tired to pray. Jesus was left alone. He knows what that means. And if for you at the moment, this is a time of increasing isolation and there are moments when you feel deeply alone. Let me assure you that Jesus really does understand. He does know what that means. But then for Jesus himself, something else was growing, going on that as well as that increasing isolation, 
there was a growing fear. As he felt the full weight of the cross hanging on his shoulders, he knew something of what was coming and that he was on the front line of a spiritual battle. It was a battle between light and darkness. He himself, Jesus, the light of the world, bringing light and life to all mankind, but now facing a moment of very deep darkness. It was a battle between life and death. He, of course, the one who was there at the beginning of creation, who was the author of life, the giver of life, now about to face his own premature death. In a way, I think you could say about the Garden of Gethsemane that this was the point of no return. Just as in a flight, every pilot will know at what point it is further to go back than to press on because they've crossed the point of no return. For Jesus, there was no going back on what he had to fulfill. He longed that there might be a different way, but it wasn't going to happen. He had to keep going. And the reality is he was afraid. He cried out to his father in heaven, if possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me. And again, we can relate to this, can't we? People are afraid just now. And whilst we need not stay in that place, we should acknowledge it and mark its truth. That life as a whole has suddenly become more fragile for each of us and for those whom we love. Will we be the next to become seriously ill? What will life beyond this outbreak look like? When you're feeling afraid, you can take comfort from the fact that Jesus himself has been there too. And he really does know and he really does understand our fears. This was a real journey for Jesus. It was real pain and it was real fear. And he knows and understands those emotions all too well. But thankfully, there are two more things that happened in the life of Jesus at this time, which take us further on in the story. So that as well as the increasing isolation and the growing fear, for Jesus, there was a deepening faith. And as he prayed to his Father in heaven, this is absolutely remarkable. He went on to say, nevertheless, not what I will, but your will be done. Your will be done. Here was deepening faith. Here were words said with determination, with courage and with conviction. Father God, your will be done at this moment. Faith, not that God the Father would necessarily make it any easier, but that God would journey with Jesus through this time and Jesus himself could be in the place of surrender, which truly said, your will be done. So we can say that the loneliness and the fear which Jesus had in this story very definitely led to a deeper faith and a resolute determination to accomplish the Father's will. And that's exactly what needs to happen among us today. You see, there are many people who would describe this particular time in our life 
and, and the whole coronavirus outbreak from a spiritual point of view and have lots of different ideas as to why it might have happened. For myself, I would see it as a, a global crisis, a serious and painful tragedy, but also a wake-up call to the church that now is the time to rise above loneliness and fear and take hold of faith in all its fullness. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We need to put our hands into his hands. We need to consciously exercise faith every day in his unfailing love to all mankind and to pray for his spirit to work increasingly in our lives and in the lives of others at this critical time. I think it took real effort for Jesus to pray, your will be done in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't think those words came easily to him. And it will take a determined act of faith for you and for me today to rise up at this time, to say that whatever is happening around us, we still believe and trust in the mercy of God and in the blessings which are ours through Jesus Christ. This deepening faith is not a running away from the pain and the tragedy of the current circumstances. This is journeying through that difficult time with a trust and a confidence in the ultimate purposes of God. A deepening faith is so very important. But there was one more truly remarkable moment in the Gethsemane story and we need to cross over to Luke's account to capture it. Because as Jesus knelt and as he prayed initially, expressing his fear and father, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering away from me. And then his deepening faith, nevertheless, not what I will, your will be done. In that moment, Luke tells us that an angel came and strengthened him. That was absolutely fantastic. In what seemed like hopelessness and despair, an angel from heaven strengthened Jesus. Wow. The tempter who had come at the beginning of his ministry, trying to deflect Jesus from the purpose that God had for him, was back again. But Jesus won the victory over Satan in this moment as he submitted himself to the Father's will. And it was God's angel that came and strengthened him. I think that's a fantastic element of this story. And God will come to you also today. And this can be a time of spiritual victory in your life. The Holy Spirit is no less powerful today than before the outbreak of coronavirus. No less powerful in our generation than in the time of Jesus. God will come to you today. His angels will strengthen you. His love will surround you. And you will be able to rise up with faith and with hope. This is the year 2020, and every 10th year, for many years now, there has been a very significant performance of the Easter story as a passion play in a place called Oberammergau. Not surprisingly, it's cancelled this year. Uh, the performance usually lasts a whole day, and it's performed day after day from around April through to October in the years that end with a zero. 
but there's no patch and play at Oberammergau this year. Indeed, it has been postponed not just to next year, but to the year after. 2022 will be Oberammergau, we trust. One of the characters who played the part of Jesus in some of the earlier uh, Oberammergau performances was asked on one occasion why it was that in the play he carried such a heavy cross. And his answer was that he could only really play the part of Jesus effectively if he felt on his shoulders the full weight of the cross. And so deliberately in the play, he carried a very heavy cross. Jesus was feeling the full weight of the cross as he knelt before his father in the Garden of Gethsemane. He encountered increasing isolation. He experienced growing fear, but within and through that, he encountered a deepening faith and a wonderful spiritual victory. And that can be your journey as well today. And I pray that for each of us who are listening to this now, that we might not only hear what God is saying, but we may act upon it. And that whatever your feelings of isolation and of fear, you may move on to discover a deepening faith and a wonderful spiritual victory at this time.